Hello and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone except poor Yoshihashi. Will that guy ever get some gold? Well, never say never. I'm Luke. I'm one of your hosts of the Never Open Podcast. And oh my God, I'm so excited because today we're covering the Together Project special plus the first two nights of the New Japan Cup. And uh, with me is Andrew. Say hello, Andrew. That's right. I'm Andrew. I'm Andy. I'm Drucifer, whatever you want to call me. And uh, I'm excited to talk about New Japan, too. Um, You know, I know me and Luke have been friends for quite a while now. And part of that has just been, you know, watching wrestling together, even though, Luke, where are you at right now? I'm two hours away from Melbourne, Australia. So uh, a little bit uh, in the country, sort of. Used to be a city boy, but now uh, out in the country. And, yeah, there you go. So we've never met before in person. So uh, it's just, uh, it was a tweet thing and a Facebook messages thing. And now it's a Skype thing. So here we are. (laughs) That's right, because I'm all the way in Ohio in the United States. And uh, we're two guys who just love pro wrestling. And we, in particular, love New Japan. Um, So... Luke, what is this podcast going to be about? Like, how's this going to work, and why are we doing this? Well, we're doing this because we love New Japan Pro Wrestling. We want to spread spread the love of New Japan Wrestling all over people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that came out wrong. Uh, but but we do. Uh, we, we like to tweet, not just to each other, but to, to everyone, really. We like to tweet, retweet, have a good old chat, have a good, a good old laugh. And then uh, watch people uh, chop each other till they turn red. That's right. That's kind of that's a pretty good rundown of what this is going to be about. You know, um, we're going to be covering, you know, New Japan, and, and it may not be a weekly show. At this point, it will be because we're going to have uh, we're covering the New Japan Cup, and we're going to yep. talk about how that's going to work with the dates and everything. But um, you know, New Japan takes breaks sometimes, so this podcast will be up in a timely fashion when there's new Japan pro wrestling to cover. And Luke, I don't know about you, but I am so fucking happy that new Japan's back. It's one of my favorite things ever. And, um, I'll tell you why. One of the reasons why I love new Japan so much is that, and this is a weird way to say it, but it's because I love live pro wrestling. Um, you know, I, if you know me from other podcasts I'm on and stuff like that, you'll know that, uh, I go to tons of live pro wrestling events and that's not going to happen anymore because of this uh, stupid COVID thing. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I thought to myself, I thought, what is the only like really wrestling that when I watch it on television gives me that same feeling, that same feeling of being there live, even though I'm not. And that's New Japan and Spades. And that's what it is. So to me, this is one of the only things I can watch on television and feel like I'm there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's it's definitely got an atmosphere to it. it they, they have such wonderful storytelling with how they build up their matches and things that – uh, I'm often sitting on the edge of my seat or, yes, doing the, the whole holy shit kind of thing. And it is quite like being at a live show. There's, I haven't felt that with American wrestling often. There'll be matches here and there and stories here and there where I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm invested. I want to know what happens and stuff. I'm not shitting on um, American wrestling. It's it's good. I like it. 
But New Japan just has this atmosphere that you kind of can't help but get caught up in, especially when it's important matches. When they do big matches, it feels big every, you know, almost every time, and it's hard not to get caught up in that. Yeah, and, and our goal here is going to be to communicate that love to you, the listener. And what we want to do is we want you to love New Japan as much as we do. And so, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about wrestling. And I'll tell you what, I'm not trying to shit on them, but most of them will have opinions with no reason for them. I feel this way. I like this. I don't like that. Well, guess what? We're going to have well-thought-out opinions that will make you think and go, hey, now I understand why this is good. Now I understand why that is bad. You know, and uh, I, I always say on on other shows, you know, the Road Home from Wrestling podcast that I'm on frequently as well. Um, you know, we always say we're educational first, and I think that's going to be a big part of our our goal and our duty here on the Never Open podcast is to educate folks about New Japan and and hopefully get educated ourselves in some ways. There's always things you can do to educate yourself about New Japan too, which is uh, something I quite like. Uh, for example, uh, anyone who watches New Japan and, and they're like, oh, it's Japanese or commentary only tonight. That's okay. Usually in the next few days, Kevin Kelly will have uh, English commentary on. So sometimes it's delayed. It's delayed now because of Corona. Otherwise, it would be also be live English commentary. Another example would be, uh, Chris Charlton, who is a New Japan kind of historian and commentator and translator. And if he's not on commentary, he's really good to follow on Twitter because he will translate for you uh, some of the promos, key things that Japanese commentators say, and also backstage comments and things too. So there are ways to kind of uh, educate yourself to get invested more and to learn more about New Japan, which is really awesome. Yeah, speaking of which, Luke, I want to educate you on something. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. Did you know that the NEVER Championship is an acronym? No, no, I did not. Yes, so, you know, the, the NEVER Championship was originally, the idea of it was to be a belt to for folks who aren't in the New Japan promotion, like visitors, basically, or people that are newcomers, you know. And so it was kind of a division among that. That did not last long. Um, but the, uh, the NEVER acronym stands for New Blood, Evolution, uh, Valiantly, Eternal, and Radical. And so, I, I, you know, one of the fun things about Japanese, the Japanese language, is it does not translate well to English. However, nope. you know, New Japan is very English friendly. In fact, you know, even when there's not English commentary, a lot of times the ring announcer, for example, will count in English, you know, along with the, the ref when there is a, a count out or something like that. So they're very English friendly when it comes to that. So don't be scared off by that. But I think it's fun when you translate things or they don't ever quite sound right. And that's always a good time. So I can't wait to you know, pick out those little things. Cause I don't know what the hell new blood evolution, valiantly eternal radical is supposed to mean, but Luke, what does that belt mean now? Like, what does that mean to you? What is the never open championship to you? Well, the never open weight title will kind of influence my, my uh, little intro at the start there. The, the, the never open weight title is open to everyone. 
uh, it's not a weight class title, so you can have juniors versus uh, heavyweights quite quite often. Uh, you can have people, you know, who are big, small, fast, strong, doesn't matter. You can compete for the never title, which uh, I think is pretty cool. It's definitely awesome, and and that's another thing. You know, um, one of the things we're gonna break down is we're gonna break down the um, faction system that's going on in New Japan, the weight class system that they have, and and how all that plays parts and everything, and and that's all gonna be stuff that you learn from us just kind of along the way. You know, as we cover all this stuff. Um, yep. But Luke, let's tell the folks what our history is with New Japan. I'll start. Um, you know, the first time I ever saw a New Japan match in full, I had seen some GIFs or whatever uh, here and there, um, was in t- 2015. I saw somebody said, hey, you need to watch uh, Kota Ibushi versus Shinsuke Nakamura from Wrestle Kingdom 9 for the Intercontinental title. And I watched it. And I watched it again. And I watched it again. And I still to this day will put that on Um I, you know, I can say whatever I want about that match and say, oh, it was great and everything. You know, it really doesn't matter what I say. Uh, But if you quote something that Shinsuke Nakamura said about that match, he said it was the first time he'd ever been in a match and feared for his own life. So (laughs) I fucking love that. Right. And so, you know, to me, that was my hook. And then I started to see some other strong style type matches. And I thought to myself, these guys aren't fucking around. And that's what I really liked. And so, you know, I just started watching it. And not too far after that, they came out with New Japan World, which is their streaming service. And I've been a subscriber ever since. Luke, how did you get into New Japan Pro Wrestling? And and why did you like it when you first saw it? Well, it was a couple of years later for me. I'd heard some buzz here and there about it, but I was just like, oh, I don't know, man. It's all Japanese and all that kind of stuff. Quite, pretty much what probably puts a lot of people off now is how I felt uh, right before I ju- just jumped right the hell in. But I remember in 2017, my wife and I sitting down and we're like, let's try this New Japan thing out. Let, like, let's just try, watch this one match. And we watched, I can't remember which one, because there's a, there's a few, but we watched one of the uh, Okada versus Kenny Omega matches. It ended in a draw, so that might tell you which one it was. And even though it ended in a draw and went for one hour, we were absolutely riveted. And then not long after we watched that match, it was the uh, kind of the first American live show that they had right before the G1 that year. Uh, I jumped in with that, kind of liked what I saw, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is interesting, and then had no idea what I was in for when, uh, like, like the next week, it's the fucking G1. And the G1 not only helped me get to know most of the wrestlers, it also, yeah, I fell in love. Just the tournament matches, the, the quality of the matches, the excitement level, and these are people... I didn't know yet, and I wanted to know everyone. I wanted to see everyone wrestle everyone. I'm still like that, especially today. Like, I want to see new combinations, and even combinations I've seen before I want to see again. New Japan is really good at that, uh, give, giving you matches you didn't know you wanted or giving you a match again, but you're fucking amped up and excited for it. You know, so after that G1, 
I was gutted because there wasn't another show until September. And I was just, uh, and then, you know, because it finished in August that year. And, uh, you know, they need a couple of weeks off. They just work their asses off. And uh, yes, yes. That's always, you know, you're addicted to New Japan when they finish a tour and you're just scratching your arms going, come on, man, put another show on, put another show on. So that's what's been tough about the whole COVID time, you know, 110 days without New Japan pro wrestling. Oh, it was, it's been devastating. Well, Luke, we're going to talk here in a second about this New Japan Together special that was on um, uh, on the 15th. But um, how do you feel like – and we're not, we're not here to bury other companies, but how do you feel that New Japan Pro Wrestling has handled the uh, COVID-19 situation in, in uh, the world? Uh, well, apart from no shows, which I – look, I understand that, and yes, it is devastating, but – what they did is they closed it all down for 110 days. There was zero shows. Uh, they did things like uh, together project shows where they have interviews and things like that. That's, that's great. Uh, but there was no wrestling, absolutely zero, uh, which allowed all the wrestlers to get uh, fit or at least, okay, they're already fit. I mean, uh, <laughs> rested, you know, rested because some of them are quite beat up and uh, they always, it always feels to me like they look after their talent. They didn't fire anyone, which is another, I don't know. I know that sounds mind blowing, but they didn't. Uh, not just the Japanese wrestlers, but also uh, overseas wrestlers and everything like that too. They kept everyone. And now that they're coming back, they're doing it very slowly. So they're not in a rush to go, all right, crowd, Come on, join us. They've got this plan that they're setting out over the course of, uh, of months, how they'll, how they'll roll that out. But how they've handled the COVID situation, I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, it's as I said, it's, it's really hard to go 110 days without New Japan. And if it's hard for me, uh, a fan, it must have been even harder for everyone working in the company. Yeah, I can't imagine um, what it's been like for them, and and I know if you know a few people that are pro wrestlers, and you know they've had uh, altered states. Let's just say, uh, you know, dealing with all this, and uh, you know, it's affected a lot of people as far as that taking that thing away from them that they love. However, you know, uh, like you said, New Japan, they didn't fire anybody. In fact, I believe they're uh, the people, their CEOs and all those kinds of people at the top. Uh, they took pay cuts so that everyone else would still get paid. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing is, is that they uh, they've really I- I'm really impressed with how they've handled this on screen. Um, Luke, are you ready to get into this uh, this first together special from the 15th and we can kind of sprinkle in a little bit as we talk about this uh some of the things that were different um from a normal show and how they kind of handled this thing all right so i know you were a uh not quite awake but uh on the 15th no no you weren't it's it's all good i said uh there's a pre-show on anything of uh major importance happens i'll let you know well most of it was in japanese so i couldn't really tell you most of what happened but most of it was promo saying i'm the best i'm gonna win no i'm the best i'm gonna win you know standard kind of profile promo stuff you get that impression but everyone 
everyone looked so happy in, uh, arriving to the arena. Uh, we didn't see too much. Uh, we didn't see full-on testing, but we did see a couple wrestlers like Tanahashi and uh, Kota Ibushi get uh, temperature checks. But everything seems a bit more, and I mean this in a good way, uh, sterile and disinfected, I guess. Uh, they've taken a lot of precautions and stuff for this. And another thing I mentioned, which I thought was <laughs> absolutely adorable, was they have uh, they had three commentators on the first night. Uh, uh, Milano Collection was one of them. I can't remember the other guy's name. I'm sorry. And also Jushin Liger. And Jushin Liger had a screen in between two of the commentators with his face on it because he's, he's sitting further away from them, social distancing. So you got him on a TV screen uh, uh, interacting with them that way. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And well, that, and, they, and they did that so they could still get the, like, full-frame shot with all three announcers yep. in it, you know? So that's why they had this monitor. And it's really funny because when you first see the shot, you just see – the monitor, and you're like, where it was he like via satellite? And then you see the side shot. And no, he's just like 10 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. But at the same time, it's a very smart workaround for this COVID thing. And um, I I just, you know, like I said, I don't want to shit on other companies, though. But the, the ingenuity and the care for the fans and the pro wrestlers um, is very high in uh, in. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that was something that was made very clear to me from this show. Yep. Now, before we get stuck into night one, here's another another reason to love New Japan. I think everyone, even if you don't like sports, you generally have a team. You know, I'm not huge on uh, Australian rules football, but if you ask me who my team is, I'm like, oh, it's the Essendon Bombers. That means nothing to you, Andrew. That's fine. But I think you get the, the general gist, but the good thing, the really cool thing about New Japan Pro Wrestling is there are factions, or, or you can call them teams. It doesn't matter. There's there's a group of evil people called Suzuki Gun, led by Minari Suzuki. There's, uh, of course, Bullet Club, which everyone's heard about. You've got uh, Los Angobernables de Japon, which is kind of the, I guess, the cool, edgy group is how you describe them. Uh, you've got Chaos which is exactly that because it's a huge group with a mix of all sorts of different kind of uh, wrestlers in it. And I just, I just love that, that kind of thing. You've, you, everyone's got their own, their own team. Uh, I guess uh, people might switch back and forth, but I love so many wrestlers on so many different teams. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place like that, but it's something you can get behind. Uh, if you've got a team, you want to you want to support them you want to kind of cheer them on and stuff so i think that's a huge reason for me as well because yeah you've well, always got them the fighting other... there's always a reason for them to fight and that reason <laughs> might be <laughs> your team sucks and my team's better than your team i'm gonna punch you out like that's that's it like that's all you need 
What even the guys that aren't affiliated with the team, there's a few, uh, they kind of will, they will make their own for brief periods of time. Like, you know, Taguchi Japan is now a team and that's kind of, you know, Taguchi's guys. And so he, his guys will be, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're different people. And then there's kind of the, the group that doesn't have a name. And that would be the young lions and the old lions, basically, you know, the dads as they call, which is uh, some of the older wrestlers that kind of mentor the young lions now we're uh i would assume you know maybe we should talk about the young lions here because i think uh one of the first matches uh, that we see here uh, on the show is a young lions match right yeah you know you've come home <clears throat> excuse me when you you're sitting there you put new japan on they've been gone for 110 days what are they going to do are they going to you know to do put on a big match first to go, all right, we're back, let's go. Or they're going to ease you in and make you feel like you've come home. And I think that's what they, that's how it felt like to me because the young lion music hits. Gabriel Kidd comes out and so does Yota Suji. And I'm like, all right, we're starting uh, pretty much like we've never left with, uh, with a young lion match. So the young lions are New Japan's trainees, pretty much. Uh, they're learning the ropes. Well, literally, I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it's a good. It, it's always good to put your upcoming talent on TV and wrestling because they'll get a chance to wrestle big names, usually in tag matches, and they'll just soak up so much experience. So, but the, by the time they um, leave to go on excursion and come back, they already have all that chemistry with a lot of the wrestlers that they left behind. So I really love the young line system. Plus I always like seeing uh, Suzuki beat them up. That's just, me. it's, it's true. And we're going to brush over some of this stuff because if we tell you everything we know about new Japan in this first episode, we're going to have oh my a, God. as much to say. So um, it'll be 17 hours long and we won't have anything to say on episode two. So we're going to, we'll get into the young lion system a little more um, in detail in the future. Um, but uh, Gabriel kid, he's a, a British wrestler, um, you know, that a uh, couple folks I know are familiar with. And then, uh, and then the other guy, uh, Suji, um, what's it? So the deal with young lions is that they all seem like they have potential, right? I mean, like that's the deal you see them and you see them get better. They can't do very many moves. They're literally not allowed to, and they're only allowed to wear trunks and boots and that's it. And so they're very bland, but the ones that stand out, among the blandness, among those limitations, are the ones that you really start to like. That's that's you know, I, you know, I really liked Show and Yo when they were um, young lions, and and there's been a couple more you know that I've seen kind of come up, uh, notably Jay White and and David Finley. Those are two guys that I just just stuck out like a sore thumb among all the other young lions, and and now uh, you know Jay White's one of their top guys. So it, you know you get to see the ultimate fan experience, which I've always said the ultimate fan experience uh, for a wrestling fan is to see a wrestler advance, whether that's getting better, whether that's learning, or whether that's moving to the next level. And so that's what you get to see right in front of your face. Um, what, and you do you learn. Remember? Sorry, I'll just say just to. Lead- uh, add on to that what you'll learn as you watch new japan pro wrestling is that a lot of their big stars like uh, kasuchika okada hiroshi tanahashi etc 
uh, Tatsuya Naito, they started in the Young Lion program. So this is a tried and true formula that has legit created, you know, some of the most uh, dynamic, wonderful, engaging kind of wrestlers in the world. It, it also leads to things like this. On the biggest show of the year, you're not bringing in some old guy that used to wrestle for you. You know, um, it's like, you know, when you see the Wrestle Kingdom card, they may bring in one person from the outside, usually Chris yep. Jericho these days. Other than he used to wrestle for New Japan. But other than that, most of those guys that you see in, in the main events and everything came through the Young Lion system or a system similar to it in All Japan or Pro Wrestling Noah. So, um, you know, that's a very, it is a tried and true format, and it shows you right in front of your eyes, they are building stars always. And that's why the opening match is almost always a singles match between uh, two young lions. What other matches did we have on this card, uh, Luke? All right, so we did have Yoda Suji. He, uh, he did beat Gabriel Kidd with the standard young lion submission hold, the good old Boston Crab. <laughs> and then uh, the second match we had uh, Yuya Uramura and Tomohiro Ishii versus two people from Suzuki-gun. That's El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Damn, and that's good, man. You are crushing this. I'm going to screw some of these names up pretty bad, but, man, you're nailing them. <laughs> I think it's a lot of... A lot of New Japan. You kind of <laughs> learn a lot of the uh, the pronunciations. So, all right, when you've got a tag match like this and there's a young lion in it, all right, you can probably go, oh, it's the young lion who's probably going to get pinned. And you're right, but these matches are still fun as well because you get to see uh, someone like Uramura who's coming along quite nicely, I'd say, as the young lion, and you get to see him interact with... Uh, two veterans like El Desperado and Katamaru, who, you know, admittedly are going to kick the shit out of him because they're in Suzuki again. And you also get to tag with Tomohiro Ishii, uh, you know, so all you can do is learn. But, of course, Uramura did get his ass kicked, and he did get pinned by El Desperado, I think it was. Yeah. He, he lost uh, to the numero dos was the name of the move. And, yep. you know, another thing to point out, um, I've heard many times from American fans, I don't like those goddamn multi-man matches on all them shows. I'll fast forward to the uh, them singles matches. That's exactly how they sound. Um, oh, dude, and they <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring this up because I wrote this down. I love the tag format. I know, I know there are fans who don't like it, but there's several reasons why I do. They can set up feuds uh, and title matches. They preview upcoming matches that you're going to get. And my favorite reason for you know enjoying these tag matches is everyone gets to wrestle everyone. So when you get uh, two wrestlers who maybe haven't had a singles match before having a singles match, well, they've already wrestled each other a hundred times in tag matches. So by the time they kind of have to do the big the big match together. They've already got that chemistry there. They already know how, how to kind of uh, respond to each other's moves and things. So I think with that tag team preview system, uh, you really, really get them kind of keeping their chemistry up with each other. So uh, I, think, I think they're important. Now, 
are they easy to skip? They can be, but if you invest your time in them, you learn the wrestlers a lot better, and there, there are surprises. Every now and again, I've seen this happen. Like People on Twitter going, holy shit, what happened? And I'm like, well, you skip, you skip the friggin' you skip the tag team preview matches and yeah, you, that's, you, not, that's not what they sound like. What do they sound like? <laughs> you got it, right? I'm not, you want me to do it. You want me to do an American accent, don't you? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I could do a kind of, no, I can't do an American accent. Uh, no, cause it's going to sound like butthead or something, man. Like from Beavis and Butthead. Uh, I can't, I can't do it. It, I might, I might, uh, I might come out with one later, but I've seen it, like people going, like I, I skipped that. So what's going on here? Well, what you missed is such and such attack, such and such as it. Like I'm coming for your title. So the the tag team matches, they're more important than most people think they are. And and just to your point, you know, it also kind of shows how much of a genius uh, in, you know, through booking Gato and, and the people in charge over there are. Um, and uh, and that is because the tag matches are booked based on who the people are facing. So, for example, you know, in that tag match, we have Ishii um, and Humamura uh, versus uh, Kanemaru and El Desperado. Well, those guys were you know, across the ring from each other in the New Japan Cup and singles matches that we'll talk about later. So like you said, they get to build their rapport and they get to start the story that they're going to finish maybe yep. in the uh, in the singles match. So it, it's awesome. What was the next match, uh, Luke? All right. So our third match is an eight-man tag. So we've got uh, Tomoaki Honma, Yoshihashi, Toriyanu, and Hiroki Goto. Uh, sort of chaos. Uh, I know Honma isn't really in chaos, but uh, he's been roped in, I guess, like Tanahashi and all that kind of stuff when they made their truce way back. But uh, across from them is maybe, and I mean no disrespect to the wrestlers involved, maybe the crappest lineup of Bullet Club ever. Um <laughs> And I, I mean no disrespect to the four men because I quite like them. Uh, we've got uh, the master heater, Jado. We've got the man we all trust, Gato. Uh, we've got Taiji Ishimori, the bone, bone soldier. And we've got Pimp Juice, which is uh, Yujiro Takahashi. So uh, that's another preview match because we've got... Um, uh, we'll, we'll get to all those singles matchups yes. later. All right. We um, don't need to... Go, no. this guy's going to fight this guy, this guy's going to fight this guy. But uh, uh, it's always an interesting match, though. Uh, Yoshihashi is a guy who's never won a title, and I always w- want him to do well. But No, 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 we no, don't, right? You don't? Oh, wait, wait, I don't. Well, see, that's the thing is me and Luke aren't going to agree on everything, and that's okay. And I vehemently hate Yoshihashi. I want to take that stick and shove it up his ass. That's what I think. <laughs> Who do you hate more, though, Yoshihashi or Hiroki Goto? Goto, Goto, definitely. Right. I want to take Yoshihashi's stick, shove it up his ass, and then shove Yoshihashi up Goto's ass. That's that's right. what I'd like. So there you go. But come on, Goto's had several titles. Don't you want to see at least your, uh, one title run by Yoshihashi? It doesn't have to be no. the heavyweight title. It can be no. not even the six-man never titles. Come on, dude. No. No, I don't. I don't. Um, I hope it never happens. If it does, then, I, you know, you guys are definitely want to listen to that episode because Angry Andy is a good time. So 
So the, well, the, the funny thing about that match is, uh, as, I, as I said, uh, Kenta is stuck in America. Uh, Switchblade, Jay White stuck over there as well. So were the Gorillas of Destiny. So you've, you're left with uh, the Japanese-only members of Bullet Club. And it could be considered their, apart from maybe Ishimori, they're more uh, jobbery members of Bullet Club. But they actually beat uh, the team of Goto, Yano, Yoshihashi, and Honma. Yujiro uh, Takahashi hits the pimp juice on Honma for the win. You know, we're going to get opportunities a little later to talk more about these wrestlers individually. Um, I have a lot to say about some of these people, which yep. I'm going to save some of it for other episodes. But uh, I love these multi-man matches. We got a couple more. And that's basically this whole um, Together project uh, was a mystery card. And we should have known what all the matchups were going to be because they were just, you know, we just didn't know what they were going to do. We didn't know if they were going to throw, uh, you know, Hiromu Takahashi versus Naito on there or something like that. That's what I was hoping for. But Yeah, it, because we were supposed <laughs> to get that match right. uh, at the, what was the King of uh, King of Sports? Well, the New, New Japan Pro Wrestling anniversary show always has the Super Junior Champion, which is in this case is Hiromu Takahashi, versus the Heavyweight Champion, which is Naito. It's a match that I don't think has happened before, one-on-one. No, no. So I think every man and his dog was super pumped for that and then super upset when, uh, you know, it didn't happen because of obvious reasons. It's it's okay. What's going to happen is that that story will play out over the next, like, two years, and eventually that match will happen. And uh, it'll be fantastic. I can't wait. Um, Well, uh, so... We got a, a couple more matches to run through here, but I do want to mention that they stopped. Now they all they they used to have um, an intermission on every show, um, and then when they started to pick up more American audience, they kind of changed their format uh, about a year, maybe two years ago, where they stopped having intermissions and just the whole show would happen. And yeah. so, but now they've got intermissions, and what's awesome, you know, first of all, there's no one in the crowd. Obviously, we don't even know where they're at. In fact, on the on the card, it says location unknown. So we don't even know where they're, you know, this gymnasium or whatever it is that they're at. But, um, you know, everything's blacked out except for, you know, the area around the ring and where the announcers are. And you can see there's one young lion with a mask on ringside to take care of stuff, you know, get grab people's gear, whatever he needs to do. Um, and then in the middle of the show, they just stop. And these people in hazmat suits come out and just clean the whole fucking ring, clean everything around the ring, stand there for a minute, make sure the ropes are good, clean it again. Um, and I just love that. It's not the fact that it's just the optics of it, that they're being, you know, PC and they're trying to look like they're doing it. They're actually cleaning stuff. And it's, yep. it's you know, it, it's they're doing it right in front of your face. Um, you know, another thing I love about New Japan is they're very transparent. When something goes on, when they have an announcement to make, they just do it. They don't hide behind it. They don't go, oh, no, and deny it. They just fucking do it. And so, you know, an injury happens. They just tell you. You know, they yep. don't they don't act like it's some big, you know, kayfabe thing. They need to, you know, work all the marks. And and I think a big part of that is that, you know, most of Japan are smart fans like more. There's more smart fans in Japan than there are in, in America. And but the thing is, is that J- the Japanese fans are more like, 
you know, a fan like you or I, where we want to buy in, you know, we want to believe. And so because we want to believe it's real, we're along for the ride. And so they are too. So, um, I just went over a million things, but my, the point of what I was trying to say is, is that I'm so happy they're doing that. I want to stop to see them do this. So, you know, it didn't kill the momentum of the show. It just made me happy. I also want to point out in that break, and there are uh, intermission breaks over all three nights where they do the disinfecting thing. And in each of those, and it's the same, same one each time they play a video package. So someone. Someone's coming. It's either someone from outside oh, New yeah. Japan coming in or it's maybe a young lion coming back. But they show this promo and it's all these trees and shit and someone running through them. And there's this uh, English voiceover so, uh, saying that this guy is on uh, on his way t- to being the Grandmaster or something like that. And they don't show you his face, but uh, New Japan usually do these quite well. Uh, remember the Switchblade packages before he debuted i remember the jericho ones before he debuted or re-debuted i guess you know uh the show and yo show and yo ones as well so they are they are building or getting ready to introduce someone new and that's really exciting and, and you have no fucking idea who it is. No. Um, you know, the one of the ones that the most recent one that they did was John Moxley and people swore it was Sammy Callahan. There was a bunch of other people they thought it was. And what's amazing about their video packages is once you find out who it is, you'll think to yourself, how did I not know that? Yet you'll never know. It's it's like a really great twist in a movie where you watch the movie and at the end you hear that you see the twist and you go, oh, shit, I should have yeah. known. But I didn't know. They're so good at that. And, um, you know, I, I just I can't wait to see who the Grandmaster is. You know, I don't know who the fuck he is. And I can't wait to see which faction he joins or if he does and who he's going to face. And and uh, I don't know. It's exciting because who who knows? It could be anybody. You know, we'll that, see what that's, happens. that's the thing when a new wrestler come, uh, comes to New Japan. You're just like, oh, whose side is he on? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's is he going to be a chaos dude? Lij, Bullet Club, Suzuki Good. Where where is he? What's he going to do? So, but uh, after what the uh, intermission, which is maybe what 10, 15 minutes, it's not that long. Yeah. Uh, we bad. get straight back into the action, which is uh, uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, Satoshi Kojima, and Hiroshi Tenzin versus Bushi. I can't help it. <laughs> It's that's the that pronunciation of Bushi is just stuck in my head. We got Bushi, Sonata, and Evil all from Lij. Well, and and that is one thing I will say. If there's anything I miss about not having the crowd there, it's the random, you know, Sonata. Yeah. Just the random, like Japanese fans are very quiet, and then all of a sudden they get so excited they just have to yell someone's name, and so they do it, and it's really funny. Um, but um, but yeah, Lij um is probably I would say the best at the multi-man tags of all the factions. They gel the best. So if they you're do. gonna skip a uh you know a, a one of these multi-man matches, which I didn't tell you to do, I'm saying don't do that. But if you're going to skip one, don't fucking skip the one that's got LAJ on it because it's going to be the one of the best ones you see. It's I also great. have the smallest faction in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, it's not that small. It's, uh, I think, six members now. It used to be five for ages, but uh, it's six members. It's 
it is the smallest group, but I think because it is the smallest group, they wrestle together a lot more than uh, re- uh, wrestlers from, say, uh, Chaos Bull Club or uh, Suzuki Goon. So I think that shows when you see their tag matches. They're, they're a well-oiled machine. Like, there's a reason why Evil and Sonata are, have been tag champs in the past. Uh, Bushi has been a, a champion as well. Like, And my, apart from Sonata, right now, every member of LIJ has gold. It's true. They're the six-man tags, right? And you know what's the- even worse? It, What's that? It, it, for Sonata, uh, everyone, every member in LIJ has gold, but two members of LIJ have two golds. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Tetsuya Naito, who is the leader of LIJ, and he is the ingovernable one himself, um, he, you know, is the double champion right now. Uh, you know, at Wrestle Kingdom, they had a little itsy-bitsy mini tournament, <laughs> which was just insane. Yep. Uh, if you want to get caught up on New Japan, just go watch Wrestle Kingdom. Just make sure you have 20 hours because it is just fucking pure wrestling for like 20 hours. But um, he won the tournament, um, and so he won the IC title and the heavyweight championship, um, which both have a rich lineage. And if you go back and look at some of the uh, people who have held those titles, you'll be very surprised at some of the names you see, and it's really interesting. Um, you know, on the other side of this, we got Kojima and Tenzon, uh, Ten Cozy, uh, if you will, and uh, a leader of Bread Club, uh, Kojima, which we'll get into all that <laughs> later. And then Taguchi, uh, maybe one of the most, uh, one of the, it's so hard to say this. I want to say this about everyone, but it's true about everyone half the time. Um, you know, Taguchi is one of the best wrestlers in New Japan, and he's one of the most versatile guys they have. And right now, he does kind of a comedy gimmick, and it is hilarious. But every year, uh, around Super Junior's time, he series up a little bit, and holy shit, we get to see the you know a different side of him. He is awesome. Uh, Kojima and Tenzon are really old. Uh, you know, it, it's fun to see him wrestle and everything. Uh, poor Tenzon can barely walk. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm kind of he's one of those guys where I'm just like ah, kind of seen him enough. You know? Kojima, though, looks like he's got a couple years left in the tank. Uh, he looks like he's very excited. Uh, Taguchi, it's, he's, he is easy to dismiss as uh, Mr. Uh, butt strike guy because, like, he'll he'll do ass attacks. Like, he'll yes. run at you, turn, and, you know, hit you. It's a hip attack or something like that, they call it. But, you know, it he hits you with his ass. And it's easy to, to kind of and then you hear his music, it's kind of fun too. So it's easy to, to dismiss him as just that that comedy guy. But oh no, he can he can absolutely bring it when he wants to. So uh, and he does because uh, he makes Bushi tap out. Fucking hey, that was a really good transition. Good job. Um, I love that. You're right. Uh, you know, when Bushi taps out to him and that moves us on, we what? We have two more matches on this show. If we yep. zip through these, we can start getting into these uh, these singles Ooh, matches. I'm very excited. All right. So we got the fifth match here. We got Togi Makabe. Oh, and we hear his usual music, not his uh, international music. So we got Togi, Togi Makabe, Yuji Nagata, Kota Ibushi, and Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, versus. <laughs> Dalki for Dalki, Minari Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Tai Chi. So it's pretty much Suzuki Gun uh, versus uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi's side. 
And Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi are the Golden Ace. They are the heavyweight tag team champions at the moment. Jeez. I, it's a shame. That is kind of a downside of, you know, well, there's a lot of downsides to the COVID thing and missing wrestling for this long. But <clears throat> I cannot wait to see them wrestle people, you know. And if it's not G.O.D., I'll be okay with that, you know. I mean, G.O.D. is one of those teams that's not here at the moment. Uh, you know, Tama, Tonga, and Tonga Loa, and uh, they're really good. However, um, when they're in the picture, they're, like, always in the title picture. So I can't – I'm really interested to see Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi start to, you know, I want to see them get in a feud with uh, the LAJ, LAJ, LIJ guys. That's who I want to see them feud with. And then maybe, you know, some other tag teams that, that show up because uh, they are they have a potential of being one of the coolest tag teams to watch ever. Um, really good yeah. stuff. Now, you know, obviously Minoru Suzuki we're going to get into a little later. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr., uh, we haven't seen a singles match of his yet in the New Japan Cup, but uh, he's one of your favorite guys, right? Yes, he is. Uh, and for my movie YouTube reviews, uh, I, I just go by LSJ. Well, it, it happens to be my name anyway, you know, Luke Sims Jenkins. But, uh, yeah, he's one of my favorite favorites because he's so unique. But it's easy to pigeonhole him. It's just like, oh, there's just a Zack Sabre match. But he can, he can. I've seen him have fantastic matches with strikers. I've seen him have fantastic matches with like brawlers and high flyers. And you think, all right, he's a submission specialist. How how's this going to gel with everyone? It it just it works. He's he is like six foot forever. Tall, very skinny, and very with very long legs and long arms. So he might not look like the strongest person in the ring, but uh, he can use your momentum against you and just twist you up in so many different submission holds. I'm not even sure he uses one in particular as his finisher. I know he's used orienteering with Napalm Death before and all sorts of things, but for him, it's just about twisting you and putting you into a knot that you can't get out of so you know sometimes the wrestler will the other wrestler he will uh, give up just by nodding his head uh, because <laughs> he cannot move his arms and legs because Zack Sabre Jr. has them all trapped and it's it's incredible and him working with Minari Suzuki they're just learning off each other aren't they that's just uh he yeah Zack Sabre Jr. is fantastic and I'm Happily surprised he's here. I, I'm pretty sure he is the only non-Japanese wrestler here in New Japan in these times of COVID. Yeah, I think you're right. All the gaijin besides him, and that's a term for, you know, uh, outsiders is what that means. And yep. so, you know, a lot of times they refer to the white wrestlers as gaijin. And so um, he, you know, he's one of the only ones that's there for sure. And, you know, it's a shame. And that's one point I wanted to make at some point. Might as well make it here. And that is that New Japan's roster is so fucking deep that they can have COVID and have like, you know, I don't know, 20 wrestlers that aren't even there and put on a 32-man tournament that's fucking amazing. So they're like, no. their roster is amazing. Dude, that just makes me think about when um, right before AEW became a thing, you know, of course, they lost Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks. And I don't think New Japan missed a beat. And that's no offense to those guys. They're fantastic wrestlers, and I really like them. 
had, you know, they've gone off to do something different, but New Japan's roster and talent is so strong that they can take a couple hits like that and uh, and just keep rolling. So we did have this match. Uh, Minaro Suzuki doesn't really give a shit about it because he spends the whole time beating up Yuji Nagata because that's uh, that's their tournament match. So they just keep kicking the shit out of each other. And also uh, ZSJ and Tai Chi are iron off Mr. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kodo Ibushi because they're the tag champs. And ZSJ and Tai Chi will often tag team together in uh, in tag team matches. So there you go. They were they did the uh, World Tag League last year. I think their name was the Dangerous Techers, or I don't know if that was their legit tag team name or just a uh, fun one that uh, I saw on Twitter. But then you've got Dalki. Uh, who was brought in, I think, because uh, someone got injured or something like that. So they brought Dalki in last year to kind of uh, pitch hit a bit. And uh, poor guy, yeah, he always loses. And King Kong, knee drop by Togi Makabe onto Doki. Minari doesn't care because he's not in the ring. He's too busy fighting with Yuji Nagata. And I think ZSJ and Taichi are too busy trying to beat up the heavyweight tag champs. So that leaves poor old uh, Doki to fight Marka Bay. And, of course, Marka Bay just beats the shit out of him. (laughs) Well, what was the main event of uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Together special? All right. This is a really cool match. And you've got uh, Sho and Yo. uh, They're the Super Junior Tag Team Champions. They are Rapongi 3K. They're teaming up with... Kazuchika Okada. And then on the other side, you've got the three other members of LIJ. You've got Hiromi Takahashi, Takagi Two Belts, as I like to call Shingo Takagi. And of course, uh, well, the other man with two belts, Tatsuya Naito. He's the, he's the fucking man. He's the champ. And I really like this because, uh, well, I love me some Shingo and show so they've got a bit of a background story going on of show always getting a little bit closer and closer to beating shingo but then uh no pumping bomber you know last of the dragon it's over and uh yeah so shingo and show have this uh rivalry that's been building for a long time so does okada and naito they've got a, a very deep history as well yo and hiromi not so much uh uh Yo, I think, is a little overlooked, probably because, uh, no offense to him, Show is a little bit more impressive and dynamic in the ring. Uh, you know, deadlift suplexes, all that kind of stuff. And uh, look, you pull out deadlift suplex, any suplexes and like lariats and shit like that, I'm going to love you. So, uh, yeah, Show is a is a, a super junior powerhouse. Uh and he can go toe to toe with a guy named a guy like Shingo, which is pretty cool. Not quite toe to toe because you know he can't beat Shingo yet, <laughs> but maybe one day. And the thing is, Shingo's now moved up into the heavyweight wrestling uh, heavyweight division in New Japan Pro Wrestling, so shows in the junior division. But Shingo has the never open weight title, which means Show uh, can challenge for that mm-hmm. but it's not about that title at the moment uh what we're doing is we're setting up uh 
I guess, more tournament matches. And, hey, we've got to have the champ back on our first night back, don't we? That's right. Uh, so we had uh, Tetsuya Naito win this one, right? And I do have a little theory. Uh, he pinned Sho. Um, yeah. but no, I have Yo. Yo, excuse me. I'm sorry. But I have a little theory about why Yo is overlooked. Um, I think that when you look at him, you can't see him as a heavyweight at all. But when you look at Sho, you think, yeah. ah, maybe in a couple years, you know, you kind of think, uh, yeah, he could be a heavyweight. And I think that's one of the reasons why Sho gets that kind of, you know, uh, everyone always says that he's kind of the next big thing um, is because of that. That's that's just my opinion. Yeah, but so uh, Yo might be a career junior and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, I also expect uh, Sho to make a transition at some point. Uh, before we move on, I want to point out that Naito pulls out this move I've never seen him do before. It looks like an inverted Destino. It looked kind of brutal and awesome. I don't know if there's a name for that move yet. I want to see it again. I don't know if it's going to be a finisher or maybe a transition to the finisher, uh, which is the Destino. But uh, I thought it looked pretty sick. It's fantastic, and it's really cool for him to debut a new move. You know, that's another thing that's a big deal. <clears throat> you know, as we talk more and more about these matches, uh, we'll tell you how they use uh, moves to tell stories in, um, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Moves matter. <clears throat> when you're watching a big main event in New Japan and a guy hits a certain move, the crowd, ooh. And it's not because the move's impressive. I mean, it can be. But a lot of times it's because they know that that move was actually um, the former champs. And that, and he learned it from that guy's mentor, which is actually his brother. You know, or oh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's always these big, you know, crazy multi-layered stories that have to do with moves. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, wanna, if you want to see that, just watch any of the Kenny Omega Okada matches. That goes on constantly in those matches. Um, you know, and, and they for they they kind of foreshadow stuff with moves too. Like it's crazy. It's so good. And I've always said, I mean, if you boil pro wrestling down to its very essence, it is telling stories through physical motion. And so that's what they do. You know, New Japan tells all their stories in the ring. You don't have to watch no. any this of the extra stuff. You don't have to watch any of it. You don't have to follow anybody on Twitter except us. You know, but uh you, you know, you don't have to do any of that. There, no one's going to turn heel off camera at no. New Japan. You know, if you, right? if you want more, there's the backstage segments, there's uh, YouTube videos, there's of course following them on Twitter and stuff. And as to what you were saying about uh, the history and things, like I remember Taka Michinoku giving Zack Saber Jr. the Michinoku driver, so it's now called the Zack Driver. Sorry. And I remember him getting the Zack Driver, and we didn't see that move for months. And then he, boom, he hits it on Naito one night, pins him one, two, three, and you're just like, holy shit, I remember this. Oh, my God, that's a Zack driver. That's so cool. They, they, um, If you pay attention with New Japan, it pays off. They, they, you know, they pay those things off, and that's the thing. I'm another thing, you know, another rule with pro wrestling. If you set something up, you got to knock it down. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, in American wrestling especially, we see a lot of stuff dropped a lot of stuff that we always oh, we set up this big thing and then nothing happens with there's no explanation. And as I mentioned um, earlier, New Japan's they are transparent about things. So they're not going to pretend like something's a certain way just to make you forget about something else, if that makes yeah. any sense. 
So, uh, well, that was the, the, the together special. And this, uh, you know, leads us to our first night of, uh, new Japan cup matches. Uh, Luke, what is your history with the new Japan cup? Like, how do you feel about it as a tournament? And, and, and what do you think that new Japan's trying to do with this thing? Well, 32 men, all weight divisions. So usually this is a heavyweight tournament, uh, but we didn't get the best of super juniors this year because of uh, the whole COVID situation. So we've got 32 men, all divisions. Usually it's the heavyweight division, and it's a, an elimination tournament. I'm a little bit more partial to the round robin-y stuff, uh, like the best of super juniors or the G1. But, oh, man, that doesn't mean I don't love myself the New Japan Cup. This is, I think, my third New Japan Cup, uh, Okada. Won one, and I think uh, Zack Sabre Jr. won the previous one that I watched as well. So really good stuff. Uh, It usually sets up uh, a title match at the end of it. And, oh, man, I'm so excited. Look, and especially when uh, Yoda Suji, after beating Gabriel Kidd the last night, the previous night, he called out Togi Makabe, and you're just like, oh, dude. Yeah, you know, and so that's our first tournament match. Uh, young line, if you, if uh, if it's a young line involved in a match, uh, usually it's in the first one or two matches. They're usually the curtain jerkers of mm-hmm. New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we've got Togi Makabe in a tournament match with Yota Suji, and it's about as hard hitting as you expect. And Yota Suji is showing a lot of promise, but uh, one thing you'll find is well, Makabe wins this match, but one thing you'll find about young Lions in singles matches with uh, established wrestlers is the match will just end with a seemingly normal move. So, you know, German suplex and Togi Makabe wins. Uh, and I think that makes sense. They're, they're new upcoming wrestlers. It probably And in storyline, it makes sense. Or kayfabe, I guess, because, you know, they're they're so new and green that you don't need to beat them up and weaken them until you can uh, hit the King Kong knee drop or whatever your finisher is at that time. So that that always makes sense, but they always give you this little smidge of, oh, my God, the young lion, he might win. But no, it's Togi Makabe. (laughs) He wins the first tournament match of the New Japan Cup with a German suplex. And... uh, well, your your young lions are not in this tournament to win, and and that's the thing. They're there to show us the audience that they have what it takes to win. That's what it is. It's not about winning. So a lot of times you'll see these young lions are all shitty and angry, and they'll attack a a bat or a, you know a heavyweight before the bell or something like that. And after the match, they're like shaking hands, and the heavyweight's like, "Good job attacking me before the bell. <laughs> that was really smart," you know. Oh yeah, it's- these guys. Uh, always, they're young, they're hungry, and uh, New Japan emphasizes that uh, if you turn your back on them, they'll mess you up because uh, they're there, they're there to, they're there to win, even though they never do. <laughs> and uh, look, we've got our second match is one of the matches I was looking forward to the most on the uh, first brackets of the New Japan Cup. We've got Toru Yanu versus the master heater Jado. <laughs> so um everyone if you follow me on twitter you know over the years you know that 
you know, Yano is one of my favorite. He's probably my favorite com- comedy wrestler. He's period. mine too. I think what uh, sold he, me on him was uh, Toriyano versus Kenny Omega in the G1 yes, a couple of years ago. Yes. Yep. Well, they had a series of three matches, and uh, we're not, you know, we may recommend matches every every you know every episode at the end of the show. We're going to have matches uh, a recommended match of the week. Um, but you know, if you want to watch more than that, I highly recommend you watch the series of uh of yano and kenny omega it is some of the most ridiculous shit you ever see in wrestling and all of it makes perfect sense and is awesome and that's the thing um you know yano is a uh he is like kind of the jokester thief kind of you know like um like loki you know that's kind of what he's like um but at the same time he's a little just think um lie cheat and steal eddie guerrero yeah yeah, but but like times ten, you know, yeah. because he he starts matches off by trying to cheat. I mean, that's like like he's immediately trying to cheat right away, and he's smiling the whole time. And his his uh kind of gesture, his go to gesture is the kind of you know arms up like I don't know like that look. That's kind of what he does, and so he'll cheat a bunch and then do that. It's fucking so funny. Now, Master Hito Jado. Uh, you know, former tag team member, sometimes still tag team member of Gato. Um, I, you know, those guys have been around forever. I just watched a Halloween Havoc 1997, and Gato versus Jericho was on that on that show. I watched uh, an ECW show from 2000, and Jado and Gato show up in there. So, you know, those guys have been around forever, and Jado is kind of the manager of Bullet Club, sort of, right? Yeah, he'll come out with uh, Bullet Club members often. Uh, wearing a bandana over his face, a hat. He's usually got a shirt on that says, so what? I don't care. Because <laughs> he doesn't. He will hit you with a kendo stick. He will cheat his ass off. So you've got Toriyanu and Jado, two guys who are definitely not going to play by the rules. And, of course, they don't. And I, on the website here, it says that uh, Toriyanu wins with the schoolboy, but uh, he, he never wins with a roll-up pin i'm sorry but his finisher his finisher is uh, a low blow because that's <laughs> usually how he finishes every match and i i said uh, i mentioned something like that to you on twitter uh we should have a name for that and you called it the fair play and uh, i loved it so uh if, if if you ever hear me say hear me say uh toriano hits the uh the fair play yeah he just uh punched some guy in the nuts and uh <laughs> Give it, gave him a good old schoolboy uh, roll-up pin. One, two, three. And, <laughs> awesome. and awesome. that's, that's what happens. <laughs> his, uh, his Titan Tron like, video when he comes out, now it's like an advertisement for his YouTube channel. Because that's the other thing. He's constantly trying to pimp his stuff, like his T-shirt, his DVD. And, he's, <clears throat> and it used to be that his Titan Tron or his video when he came out would just be him just hitting dudes in the balls and rolling them up. <laughs> It's yeah, over that's video. Over. everyone's Titantron shows them doing it, it doesn't matter what wrestling promotion it is. Everyone's Titantron video shows them kicking ass. Toriano's shows him punching people in the nuts, um, <laughs> looking at the ref going, oh, oh, you know, with his hands up and uh, also pimping his DVD, even though it's 2020. No one's buying DVDs, dude. No. So that's uh and then that, all right, so just to break up the tournament matches, we have a special tag team preview match. So we've got uh, 
Yuya Uramara, Uramura, sorry, the young line, Yuji Nagata, Kota Ibushi, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Minaru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi. Now, I think this is the match that's more the ZSJ Taichi teasing maybe a title shot against the Golden Ace team of Ibushi and Tanahashi. But uh, then, then it was the previous night. So I think they're really kind of trying to tease that one, which, and I'm looking forward to it. I kind of want to see them fight Evil and Sonata, but, uh, you know, I think uh, most of LIJ is tied up with titles at the moment uh, and busy elsewhere. So this is a, this is a fun tag match. Uh, I quite liked it, but of course, Yuramura is not long for this world. If you're a long, young lion and Minaro Suzuki's in the ring, <laughs> he is going to, well, he's going to kick the shit out of you. Why? But I, a couple things that you've got to note in this match that I think will be important. Uh, one of them is uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. They set up another injury angle with him. Uh, <laughs> I love <laughs> this match. Sometimes it's the arm. Sometimes it's the knees. Sometimes yeah. it's a combination of both. This time they're targeting the knees <laughs> of uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. It's, it's a common storyline that we've seen with him quite a bit because he's so good at it. And I get it. He's the hero, you know, but <clears throat> man, every, every fucking year. <laughs> I also want to point out that Suzuki gone cheat to pin Yuya Uramura, who is a young lion. <laughs> so that goes to show you what kind of guys uh, Suzuki-gun are. They don't care if you're a young lion or a top talent star. They'll beat the shit out of you, and they'll cheat if necessary to pull out the win. So Suzuki hits the poor young lion Uramura with a gotcha-style pile driver. It's a really good uh, tag match, by the way. I highly recommend going yep. back and checking that out. So, you know, and we, of course, had a break in here where they went and cleaned all the stuff at some point. But uh, we, we finish out with two singles matches for the tournament. What, what are these? Uh, what's this first one here? All right. Now, I didn't know what to expect from this one. Uh, we've got uh, Tomoaki. Tomoaki Homa versus Hiromu Takahashi. Hiromu Takahashi is the Super Junior uh, uh, champion. Honma... All right, so I started in 2017. Homer was out injured, uh, and when he's come back, I haven't seen always kind of why some of the older New Japan fans love uh, Honma. Uh, I do know that he sounds like Japanese Tom Waits when he talks. Uh, you know, his normal talking voice is death metal, by the way. Uh, it's it it just is. It's, it it's sounds awesome. like his. It sounds like his throat has razor blades in it. Or like he, yeah. He's like chewing on nails when he talks. But I think someone like you who's been a fan of New Japan for longer than I have uh, would say that Honma was great, uh, but he hasn't quite um, been 100% since coming back from his injury. He's, it's obvious that he's a little more careful, and uh, he had a broken neck. So uh, I can totally understand that. But his opponent, Hiromu Takahashi, also suffered a broken neck, right. and he doesn't seem to have missed a stride. He hasn't, hasn't missed anything. He's, he's still – he was in full stride when he came back. And so it's um, people with pass of having a broken freaking neck, the match. I didn't know what to expect because Honma usually holds back. And 
I thought this match was really, really good. What did you think? Well, I love both these guys. I'm a big Hanma guy, you know, and one of the reasons I'm a big Hanma guy is because, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, one of the first matches I or the first match I watched was uh, Nakamura versus uh, versus uh, Ibushi. And then I just kind of randomly found another match and it was, uh, you know, it was. Tomohiro Ishii versus Hanma and never open weight championship match actually. And, uh, that, you know, whatever the observer had given it five stars. So I was like, I'll check this out. And I was like, Holy shit. I fucking love Hanma. He's the best ever. And I've loved him ever since his offense is based around headbutts. And, yep. you know, he has three basic moves. One is a Kokeshi headbutt where he just kind of goes stiff and falls over, right? And then um, and then he does that in various ways. Like, he'll do it um, off the top rope to the floor, um, which he hasn't done that recently. But he used to do that pretty much in every match, you know. Um, and maybe he'd do it more than once. He'd, like, miss it once and then hit it once. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons I love him so much is because when he misses the Kokeshi, which he does more often than not, <laughs> it, is, it is the most pain you've ever seen in a person's face. It's, I mean, he just, he, it looks like he's crying at, you know, at, at his family's funeral or something like that. It's even worse you know? now because, like, he's had that history of a broken neck. So right. it's now when he misses that Kokeshi, you're, not only is he weeping, uh, I find myself also weeping, going, oh, oh dude, <laughs> dude, come on. It's not too late. Switch up your moveset. Oh, my God. But I do love seeing the Kikeshi, I have to admit. And it's a it's a pretty decent match with some good back and forth. But the Super Junior Champion does win with the time bomb. And you've got uh, Hiromu making it into the next round. We, we have to, you know, in the future talk more about Hiromu Takahashi and how yep. he is the most charismatic person in uh, New Japan. Uh, it's hard to say, but he might be, you know, him and Naito might be the two most charismatic where you see him and you just instantly love him. I, I mean, like, I, he doesn't have to do anything. And then he does all this weird shit, and you're like, I love him even more, and I don't even know why. You know, um, it, it's he is such a bizarre and, and just awesome character, and he's bizarre in wholesome ways, but he's like a bad guy. And it's just one of the coolest things ever. So I, I did um, like seeing uh, Takahashi try to hit a Kakeshi himself, by the way. He did. <laughs> he did. Oh, man, that was fantastic. Also, another thing about um, you mentioned that uh, Hiromu Takahashi is uh, still has not slowed down, even though he broke his neck, um, you know, and we don't mean he broke his neck a little. He broke his fucking neck and almost died in the ring. Um, yep. it, this American in a, show uh, in a match you know, against first, Dragon Lee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so and those guys are famous for having these these crazy matches. Um, but one of the things that he does that is insane is like half of his moveset involves bumping hard as fuck on the floor. And it reminds me um, of young Rey Mysterio and yeah. uh, Psychosis and guys like that where you go back and watch one of these WCW cruiserweight uh, matches from like 97 and dudes are just jumping off the top rope to the floor right and left and missing and bumping on their ass and bumping on their back. And that's kind of what he does. He is crazy and in i i fucking love it it's awesome i'll also say that um even though they both had broken necks and mohama you might get that impression that he's holding back a bit and hiromu isn't 
Now you got to remember, Hiromu's in his twenties, like young, invincible kind of guy. Right. And Tomoaki Homa, he's uh, I'm not sure how old he is, Andrew, but I think he's uh, in the wind down period of his career. You know, he's in that transition of being, I guess, one of the old guys like uh, Tenzin and uh, Nagata. Yeah, he is. And and he and um, Makabe used to be kind of their own group called uh, Great, yeah, Great Bash Heel, right? And that's kind of dissolved now. I, you don't see that name up next to them anymore. And no. I think that they're kind of just floating around at this point. Uh, maybe they'll join Chaos. That seems like the, you know, what all the... It all feels the like a lot of people have been folded into Chaos when everyone who was following Tanahashi... Um, moved with him when he joined yeah. forces with uh with uh, Kazuchika Okada. So now we've got the 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 final match of night 1. Uh Oh man. Oh, oh man. <laughs> happiness. Be That's still happiness. Beating heart. Voice, yes. <laughs> we have got a man who I will call the tournament MVP. Doesn't matter what the tournament is how many matches he has, how far he goes. He, he, he never fully wins these tournaments. But in my opinion, he is the tournament MVP. I love this man. I have a photo of myself with this guy. Uh, it is Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, I'm totally biased. He's one of, if not my favorite New Japan wrestlers, he's definitely top five. He is Oh, look, I'm going to compare him right now, and you're going to think I'm crazy for a second. I'm going to compare him with Toriyanu. All right, so you watch a Toriyanu match, and it doesn't matter who he's wrestling, you can believe that Toriyanu will lose, or you can believe that Toriyanu will hit the fair play, one, two, three, it's over, right? So Tomohiro Ishii is the tough version of that. He doesn't do comedy at all, but when you see an Ishii match doesn't matter who he's wrestling, you can believe that he can win, and you can also believe that his opponent could win as well. So, you know, maybe that's part of the reason why they sometimes tag together. I don't know. I'm maybe reading too much into it, but that, that's a kind of weird comparison that uh, popped up into my mind. So we've got Tomohiro Ishii versus Suzuki Goon's El Desperado. Ishii, of course, is in chaos. And El Desperado is a junior. Ishii is a heavyweight. Uh, this match goes for 20 minutes, which tells you something. Ishii, Ishii matches tend to go around that around that 20 minute mark, and usually in a tournament you're waiting for that surprise, right? Because usually in the first rounds of tournaments there's that match that you're like, oh holy shit. You know when uh, Switchblade beats Okada in the G1, and then he beats Tanahashi in the next match and you're just like well that's his two toughest matches and you just freaking beat both guys you're like whoa holy shit so there's always kind of a, a tournament surprise and this is the first tournament night back in new japan pro wrestling so i was just waiting i was just thinking oh my god could this be the match could this be uh the night uh, el desperado defeats tomohiro ishii and for a good portion of that match. There was one part of this match. El Desperado has him in that kind of stretch muffler submission hold. And I said, to, I said to my wife, I said to her, it's over. And it wasn't. And 
Oh my god! See, Ishi matches will always make you believe it could go either way, and I think that's part of the reason why I love him and I love his matches so much. He uh, Ishi's one of the most valuable wrestlers in the world, um, and the reason is kind of what you're saying. He can make any opponent look credible, um, and he is one of the most unselfish wrestlers that you'll see. Um, yeah. He sells better than anyone I've ever seen. Um, and uh, that's, I mean, I, I'm not kidding. You know, I, my favorite wrestler of all time is Daniel Bryan. And and I compare Ishii to Daniel Bryan because they both do that same thing where they take any wrestler, doesn't matter who it is, and make them seem credible and make them seem like a monster. You know, it's about putting your opponent over. It's about making them, you know, a, a threat because if if you beat no one, then what does it matter, you know? And Ishii is the living embodiment of that. And, um, you know, if, if it's, you know, one, one thing I always try to, like, talk about when I'm explaining what I mean about Ishii is that he often gets – in striking, um, you know, exchanges with people. And there's a lot of this machismo thing that goes into, um, uh, you know, being a male professional wrestler in Japan. And we'll talk about that more as we get into our, our podcast, uh, you know, down the road. But, mm -hmm. you know, he is a big part of that. You know, that's a big part of his wrestling is, is this, you know, this grunting and, you know, getting in the person's face and challenging them. And more often than not, he loses those strike exchanges. He instigates them so that he can lose them to make his opponent look bad. And it's fucking awesome. And it doesn't mean anything about whether he's going to win or not. It's just a it's just a little transition thing that he does in his matches in almost all of them. And it doesn't matter who his opponent is. He will sell for him. He's like fucking Ric Flair or something like that. Um, but uh, he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Desperado is a guy who was kind of on the come up. He was, you know, maybe going to be in one of these positions to be a guy that could move up to uh, heavyweight or something like that. But he had an orbital bone or broke his jaw or something like that. Yeah, he had a death and, match. Oh, really? A yeah, yeah, what was Break his jaw in a death match. It wasn't in New Japan. Um, I think it was a, uh, just a side gig he, he did uh, in Japan or something like that. I, I haven't seen the match. But, yeah, apparently he, yeah, he broke his jaw and he was out for um, – a good portion, I think it was, uh, of last year, maybe? That's why I thought he was going to win this, because I thought, you know, this was him rebuilding, you know, starting to get back on track to where he was. But I think somebody else has taken that spot at this point. So, you know, Ishii's got to move forward. And we'll talk about, um, before we wrap all this up, we're going to talk about what all these wins mean for the next round of the tournament. Yep. Um, because that's one of the cool things about this is that we're seeing – these matches develop and seeing the story that they're starting to tell. And, uh, you know, we get to see a little piece of the picture. And as this tournament expands and as we get into it, we'll get to see more and more. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought that night one was spectacular. I thought it was a lot of fun and man, my heart, uh, was so full of happiness and love, uh, for this thing, uh, called pro wrestling. And I was just so excited for uh, New Japan to be back in a meaningful way. Especially since, like, I'm very happy. My, my boy, my boy Ishii won. He hit the vertical drop brain, brain buster, which is his finisher to advance to round two. And that was the end of night one. Um, I'd, I'd say my favorite two matches. They were all good, but I'd say Honma versus Hiromu was really solid. 
But uh, match of the night was the main event for me, uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus El Desperado. It is definitely worth uh, worth looking at. I think it's uh, pretty great stuff. Uh, if you haven't watched any of the New Japan Cup shows yet, and maybe a bit put off by Japanese commentary, uh, I saw a tweet early this morning before we jumped on to do the podcast, and it said that uh, Kevin Kelly's commentary for nights one and night two will be out today uh i can never wait for the delayed english commentary because i need to see this live i need to watch it now but i can understand some people you know being a little uh turned off by uh how um foreign a lot of the language is but as you've said a couple of times already everything you need for any story in new japan is told in the ring uh, over the course of wrestling matches. So everyone who's a wrestling fan knows the language of wrestling, and I don't think it matters a, a damn what language commentary you're watching. Ishii versus El Desperado is a fucking good time. Let's go on to night two, shall we? That's right. This was on the 17th, which is this morning for me. So... Yep. <laughs> Last night for me, and it <laughs> it starts off, of course, it starts off with a young line match. We've got Gabriel Kidd versus Taiji Ishimori. Uh, young line matches tend to be shorter than, say, even in tournaments, than uh, the, the general match. They're usually uh, less than 10 minutes. Uh, Ishimori is so shredded, like... Did he spend the entire 110 days just doing nothing but fucking sit-ups? Wow. <laughs> this guy is jacked. He's awesome. I love me some Taiji Ishimori, the bone soldier. Uh, but, of course, uh, he wins with submission. Uh, what I do like, speaking of your love of Daniel Bryan, uh, he won with the yes lock, uh, Mr. Mr. Ishimori. And the commentary, be it uh, – I don't know if they do it in the Japanese, but in the English commentary – they will call it the yes lock in uh, in respect to uh, the incredible Daniel Bryan. I'm not sure if Daniel Bryan has had a stint in New Japan. I'm pretty sure he hasn't, but he's a guy that would fit right in. I think it's a respect thing too. So they call it the yes lock, and uh, Ishimori advances after a uh, after hitting that on Gabriel Kidd. So not his usual finisher at all, and that's usually that's common for. Uh, Young line matches doesn't take a finisher to beat him. It uh, just takes, you know, uh, uh, a normal move or a move that isn't your finisher to beat them. Well, uh, Gabriel Kidd kind of botched this finish too. So yeah. you know, it's a shame. You know, you don't see botches very often in New Japan. I mean, very rarely. And when you do, it's more that just kind of like I hesitated a little bit. You know, that's kind of the botch that you see every once in a while. Sometimes but, it's a stage botch too. Like I, mean, I yeah, noticed one true. between El Desperado and Ishimori. No, sorry, uh, El Desperado yeah, and Ishi. Um, and that's because like. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're tired. So they'll do these kind of like, oh, it looks like they botched, but they, they kind of didn't. It was that was just uh, all part of selling. But yeah, yeah. you know, well, you got to think, Gabriel Kid's green. He's learning. Yeah. He's only going to go up. 
one of the best examples of that would be from Wrestle Kingdom last year uh, between Naito and Jay White. That was one of my favorite matches at Wrestle Kingdom, and a lot of people were like, what the hell, it was all botchy. But that's because Naito's leg was, like, gone. It was like he didn't have a leg anymore. And so, no, he can't run up and down the ropes. That's the whole point, you know. And so, like, unlike sometimes in American wrestling where a guy will be selling his leg the whole match and then forget all of a sudden – that his leg's supposed to be hurt, you know, these guys don't forget that shit. So, uh, but yeah, it was kind of a, the, the idea was Ishimori was diving off of the top rope to do a Hurricane Rana on uh, Gabriel Kidd, and Gabriel Kidd's supposed to catch him. It kind of missed him, which luckily Ishimori protected himself because that could have gone very wrong for him. But um, what I like about Ishimori is it, it's just like one of the craziest things. If he was in, I don't know, WWE, or something like that. He would be the top junior. He'd be the top cruiserweight, just period. He would be the best guy there. But in New Japan, he's like the fifth best junior. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. He's and that's, so and that's not to shit on him at all. But no. he's so fast, so dynamic, and, and really crisp. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, there are five guys you can see as the super junior t- champion there are about 10 guys you could easily see as heavyweight or intercontinental champion they uh there's a lot of people that are so believable in uh in new japan so let's go i guess to our second tournament match of the night which is a yuya uramura versus yoshinobu katamaru and even though it's uh katamaru versus young lion can, you think Kanemaru is going to play by the rules? No, he's in Suzuki-gun. He doesn't give a shit how he wins. Doesn't care if he beats him up or cheats or whatever. He just wants a win as soon as possible. That's the Suzuki-gun way. Torture your opponent and beat them. Doesn't matter how. And yeah, then uh, Kanemaru wins with a deep impact. Yeah. His whole gimmick, too, is he has this this whiskey, and it's called Satori Whiskey or something. I think he own, I think it's kind of like a Yano thing, too, or maybe he has a stake in that particular kind of whiskey. And so he gets to pimp it by spitting it in his opponent's face, although I don't even think he had to do that to make the win, get the win here. I think he just hit the kid in the head with the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't think he can do it at the moment uh, because, oh. Of, oh, because of COVID. So they did tease it. He did have this bottle. Uh, but uh, I, and which he did uh, invariably use and then hit uh, deep impact. But Kanemaru does like to take a swig and uh, spit it into his opponent's faces. But I think you're gonna be, uh, we can expect a lot of more of uh, the bonk bonk on the head rather than spit in the face in the future. Yeah, cause, probably because of COVID. I didn't even think of that. But anyway, point is, is that uh, either way, that's another thing. It worked within the story. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't fucking matter, you know? Yeah. So, so great. All right. So we got uh, a tag match just to break things up a little bit, which are always fun. So we've got Sho and Yo, Rapongi 3K, Yoshihashi, and your favorite, Hiroki Goto, <laughs> versus Bushi, Shingo Takagi, oh, Takagi two belts, uh, Sonata, Sonata no belts. Ooh, and evil. So you got uh, LIJ guys versus Chaos guys, which is always a good time. But I look at a match like this and I'm thinking, all right, it's either going to be Yo who gets pinned or Bushi. Bushi gets pinned a lot, man. 
Paul Bushy, like, I think he's fantastic. He's, he's really good in the ring. I think he's got a good look, great moves. I think he's overshadowed, unfortunately for him, by every other member in LIJ. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he's, he's shit. He's, 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 he's really good. But, you know, the, the, the match ends in probably the worst way Andrew can imagine, which is Hiroki Goto hitting the GTR on Bushi. <laughs> too. It looked all crappy. What happened? What happened, Goto? You did your own finishing move wrong. Yep. Oh, I just want to mention there's a thing going with uh, LIJ, which stems from the first night. Where they ta- uh, Naito was in the tag match with uh, Hiromu and Shingo. Shingo wouldn't do the fist bump uh, because he's in tournament mode, and you know he's got to keep his game face on because if he wins this tournament, he's going to fight his leader. So there's that undercurrent going through the LIJ ranks at the moment. Yes, they are well oiled machine. Yes, they will work together. But if they have a chance to beat the shit out of the champion, they're going to take it. And I think I love that dynamic in LIJ. Yeah, that and like you said, basically they do – they all raise their fist in the air. If you're familiar with the tranquilo pose, that's kind of where all this comes from. And so, yeah, you know, it's interesting. They've told stories, many stories with that – with just with that fist bump thing. You know, yep. it's it's pretty amazing, and and I, I can't believe I didn't pay attention to that because of course I should have because I know in the past that that fist bump means something. You know, it, it's it's that's pretty great, man. Way to catch that, Luke. I like it. No worries. Uh, and all right, so our next match features two men in their fifties, <laughs> and usually when I say a match has two men in their fifties, like I can, I can almost hear the groans of the people listening going, Oh God, an old man match. This is going to be like eight minutes of suck. Uh, it isn't, this is a 20 minute thrill ride between Yuji Nagata and Minaro Suzuki. Uh, Oh my God. Both these guys beat the shit out of each other. I think, uh, Yuji Nagata's bleeding from the mouth. Both of them have, uh, just pink all over on one side for just where they continually slap and punch each other. Um, there, there are point, you know, when something's funny and when, when someone repeats something and it's funny after the third time, then after the 10th time, it's not funny. And then after the 20th time, it's fucking funny again. Well, yes. with this match, you, you'll see where I'm going here. They'll slap each other, and I'm like, fuck, this is cool. They're getting into it. And then at some point, I'll see how red they are, and I'm like, oh, my God, stop slapping each other. Please, please stop it. And then I'll just keep doing it, and then I've come all the way back around again. I'm going, fuck, yeah, just fucking go for it, boys. Go for it. Uh, this match is fucking awesome. It's, um, you know, a good portion of this match is just literally – them standing there punching each other. I mean, that, that is like a good portion of the match. But the way that they use rising and falling tension and stuff and the history between these two really makes it mean a lot. Um, Yuji Nagata has won um, the New Japan Cup several times. And so, you know, he has his eyes set on the prize, man. He wants to win this thing. And, um, you know, these guys both are 52 years old. In fact, today, the day of the show, was uh, Minoru Suzuki's 20 or 52, 52nd, 52nd birthday. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, so happy birthday to him. Um, you know, he, he was it. Uh, somebody on commentary said he got his favorite thing um, for his birthday violence, you know. So, um, but these guys, you know, one of the things that I loved about this, this, the story of this match is that Minoru Suzuki does do a few kicks, but a lot of his moves are upper body moves um, yep. or power moves, one or the other. So um, Nagata is more of a kicky guy. And so he was like, you know what? I'm not going to do kicks. You want to punch me, I'll throw punches. And so for the first good chunk of this match, Yuji Nagata didn't bust out the kicks. And it wasn't until he busted out the kicks that he really started to take over a little bit. And, and you know, I love that story of the match. And these guys just, I mean, this is a classic, they beat the fuck out of each other match. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, you know, like you said, uh you know, Yuji uh, is bleeding from the mouth. They both look all beat up, you know, and I mean, it is just violence personified right here in front of us. Towards the end I, of the I, match, they're stumbling around and, and, oh man, I, I just want to say Suzuki, Su- Suzuki's hits, just the fucking loud sound that they make, far out, man, just far out wow ouch and then you see yuji nagata's uh you know upper side like he's he's from his fucking side of his face right down to his shoulder and chest is all pink and red from being uh slapped suzuki's in the same boat but uh nagata's yeah he's, he's bleeding as well so these guys go hard on each other it, yeah, and, and like you said, the noises, um, you know, I'm a big fan of sound in pro wrestling. I think sound is so important, and, you know, some of the best wrestlers are the guys that understand that and figure out how to make sounds. You know, a, an easy example of that is, like, a weapon. A weapon in wrestling needs to make a sound. If it doesn't make a sound, it doesn't look like it hurts, you know, yep. and so. Um, one of the things that Suzuki and I don't I'm not trying to be, you know, an old fuck that's, you know, oh, I don't like what these damn kids are doing nowadays. But he's not going to slap his leg to make a sound. The sound comes from him striking you. And so that's the difference a lot of times between Western and Eastern pro wrestling is that, you know, these guys, it's a little more real. You know, it's a little more shoot style than something you'd see in America where Moves they much might differ. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So like you said, it's just turned up a, no- a notch. And, you know, when Minoru Suzuki takes his calcified calf and, and does a PK on you while he's running at you, I mean, that is, that is terrifying. And the other thing that he does that I think is terrifying is that he can move, um, he does this go behind um, sleeper hold thing, and it is terrifying. He like sends a guy into the ropes. It looks like he's going to do a clothesline. Zip, he's right behind him, got him in the hold. And it is like it's kind of like when you see Brock Lesnar just run, and you're like, holy shit, that guy can yeah. move. It's like that. You just see him make that quick move, and you're like, oh my god, that is so scary. And he laughed quite a bit in this match, didn't he, Luke? Oh, he loved it. Uh, Minari Suzuki loves two things. He loves beating people up, and he loves getting beat up. And eventually, that's what happens. Now, I said with uh, El Desperado and Ishii that that could have been a, a surprise uh, result there with uh, El Despi getting the win. But it didn't happen. Uh, the first night matches, they kind of go how uh, I expected them to. Night two, though, 
also went mostly how I expected, except for one match, and it was this one because uh, uh, backdrop one, two, three. Yuji Nagata advances in the New Japan Cup, and in typical wrestling style, it's Minoru Suzuki's birthday, so of course he loses. <laughs> This um this match was fantastic. Yeah. When we get when we get past this next one, we gotta ask ourselves. I mean, what was the match of the week for us? It's gonna be hard to beat this one. I'll tell you that much. But uh, hashtag Gato's Revenge is next, right, Luke? Yeah. Uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Gato. There's a huge bit of history here. Gato was always Okada's right hand man until he betrayed him and joined forces with Switchblade Jay White. Who uh, and then they then joined the Bullet Club not long after. Now there was a match, I can't remember when, between Okada and Gato uh, last year. Late 2019. It wasn't that long ago. There you go. And uh, that was that was pretty fun. I do think maybe that Nagata versus Suzuki should have been the main event uh, in in this instance. Uh, usually they get the uh, match order pretty correct. Uh, I I, th- I felt. As much as I enjoyed Gato versus Okada this time around, I did think it was a little long at 15 minutes. It should not have taken a Kazuchika Okada 15 minutes to beat Gato. Uh, it is fun. It's just a little long, in my opinion. Well, I love this match. I really enjoyed their first one. I, I think, uh, you know, after that match, I tweet, I, I was like texting one of my buddies that watches it. I said, you got to watch Gato versus Okada six stars because it was just fucking hilarious. Gato showed up with his arm in a sling. He got hit by a car or beat up or something. He's like, I can't wrestle. And he's so bummed out. And he did the same thing. Now, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I love Gato. Um, is because he is a humongous fan of Memphis-style wrestling. And I mean that goofy, hokey-pokey-style wrestling where the goofiest, silliest shit happens and, and you know, it's the bad guy gets egg on his face. That's kind of his style that he likes to wrestle. Yeah. So this was in full force in this match. We had, like, eight different gimmicks. They had, you know, he came out with his arm in a sling again, but he said he said he got hurt, but he, he still wants the match to go on. Well, he had some cold spray or something like that in there, and, you know, and so he had all kinds of things hidden on his person. Sure. And, and, uh, he it, pulls it was off just, his shirt, and there's, like, brass knuckles taped to his frigid <laughs> side. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, look, there is fun to be had here, and I did enjoy this. I just felt like it maybe shouldn't have been the main event for night two of the New Japan Cup. I know they put it, probably put it there because it's Okada, and Okada's one of New Japan's top stars. But I would have given it to the old men uh, yeah. this night because I, I, I do think uh, that would have left us with a little bit more of a high. But... Uh, as I said, it's a little long, but fun. Gato gets his comeuppance, and uh, Cobra Clutch, you know, Okada chokes Gato out pretty much. Yeah. Makes it, it, took, it took him a while, but he got it. You know, mostly there was all kinds of outside interfer- interference, too. I mean, this, this match was the definition of overbooked, which I yeah. think is a lot of fun. <clears throat> but it's not it's different. It's a lot different than everything else that was on the card. Well, we saw a lot of good wrestling this week, but uh, what was your favorite match of all the stuff that we just got to see over the past three days? 
All right, so I know I, I called uh, Ishii my tournament MVP. He usually is, and I I think he probably will be again uh, in this one as well as the tournament progresses. But I'm going to give it to Yuji Nagata versus Minara Suzuki for a few reasons. Uh, one, uh, it's an, it's an impressive slugfest. We've got two people in their 50s who don't get gassed. They don't botch. Everything tells a story. It's brutal. It's wonderful. And the reason I, uh, I I give it the edge over the Ishii El Desperado match is because the ending was a complete surprise. I expected Minaro Suzuki to come off with the win here uh, because even though they're both the same age, uh, Suzuki is still going strong and Nagata's in his kind of uh, career wind down uh, as one of the old guys of New Japan. So that surprise of uh, the backdrop, one, two, three, holy shit, Yuji Nagata's just beaten Minaru Suzuki. I thought it was fucking awesome. So for those reasons, yeah, that's that's my pick so far. That was my pick of the week. What about you? Well, um, you know, it's hard to pick against you because, you know, as far as excitement level and enjoyment of watching the match, I, you know, I'd have to agree with you. But I'm going to be different because I think we should, you know, we should be different. We shouldn't have the same opinions always. And, um, you know, to be devil's advocate, I would say that Ishii versus Desperado is uh, my winner uh, of the week as far as the, uh, you know, best match. And that's just because... You know, Ishii did what he does, is he brings an opponent to his level. Whether they're above him or they're below him, they end up on his level, which is elevation. And, uh, you know, to me, that's kind of the essence of pro wrestling. Um, but, man, you know, I, I tell you what, so many so many great matches, and, and, and we are just dipping our toe into this thing. Um, so, you know, there's all kinds of stuff coming up that's going to be incredible, I don't know about you, but I wrote down a few of these notable matchups that's coming up for some of our other New Japan Cup shows. Uh, would you mind if we run down some of those? Absolutely. Let's do it. Uh, round one matches? Yes. Um, so I have a couple things. So basically on the uh, 22nd is our next New Japan Cup show. And we already know what the matches are going to be for, for all these shows. We know um, – and this one is going to be – I mean, this might be the best show of the entire tournament. Who knows? Because um, we got Tanahashi versus Taichi. We yep. got uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ibushi, which will be fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then Taguchi versus Sonata, which will be a sleeper. That will be one that people will want to overlook, and then they'll see it and go, oh, my God, both these guys are amazing. And I'm sure that show will be main evented by Show versus Shingo. Um, so that is a big deal. Who knows? That might be a title match. We're not sure. Um, what is there? Is there one in particular that sticks out there for you? Oh, look, I love the ace. <laughs> I don't mind Tai Chi. My wife's favorite wrestler in the world is Kota Ibushi. Uh, of course, I love Zack Sabre Jr. We've spoken about Taguchi. Uh, Sonata, man, he should have some gold, I swear. But uh, the one I'm looking forward to the most, I think I've mentioned it earlier, it's uh, Takagi Two Belts versus Show. I've seen it before, sure. I've, I've, you know, I've seen a couple of these matchups before, but New Japan has this ability to give you matches you've seen before, but... Uh, continuing a story that kind of feels real and organic. And I really like this uh, 
this uh, will show finally beat Shingo Takagi's story. I want to see them beat the crap out of each other. It's going to be hard-hitting, suplexes galore, lariatos coming out of the wazoo. I'm really looking forward to that. I think Takagi will win it. I'm sorry, I'm going to be predicting here, but that's probably going to be the one I'm looking forward to the most, even though all the other matches I see as being uh, a lot of fun as well. What about you? I mean, this, like I said, this might be the best card on the whole in the whole tournament. We'll see. I mean, I just know I'm going to be glued to the television that day and I'm going to be, you know, jumping up and down and screaming in my living room probably. So um, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And and one thing it's guaranteed, no matter who wins the show versus Shingo uh, match, the story of the tournament will be, will, will move forward. The story mm-hmm. of their personal feud will move forward. And the story of the never championship will also move forward. So, the storytelling is out the wazoo, as you said it. Um, now, on the 23rd, the next day, uh, you know, it's not quite as, as a, a magical a night uh, on paper. However, you never know with this stuff. So we got Tenzon versus Yoshihashi. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Yo versus Bushi. Now, that'll be fun. That'll be really yeah. good. Uh, Kojima versus Evil. And uh, Goto, my least favorite person, versus Yujiro Takahashi. So um, what do you think about uh, about that? I know you're going for a, a super big upset, and you're hoping that both uh, Tenzin and uh, Takahashi come out with wins. <laughs> I think Yoshihashi will make it to the third round. There you go. I've said it. That's uh, as predictive as I'll get. Uh, but when it comes to the 23rd match, I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Satoshi Kojima versus Evil. Uh, two really big, imposing kind of guys, and I think they're going to uh, they're going to go off. I'm really looking forward to that one the most. What about yourself? I think Yo versus Bushi. I think that's the one I'm going to like the most. Uh, but we'll see. You know, uh, then uh, the next day after that, then we get into some of these uh, round two matches. Now, you know, we talked about, um, you know, all the winners and stuff from round one that we've already seen. So that means that on the 24th, that section of the um, bracket is going to be wrestling again. And yes. uh, we got uh, Okada versus Yuji Nagata, which has never happened um, since. He's been the rainmaker or maybe like one time. I don't think I don't think it's happened, though. Um, so that's a big deal in, in the history of New Japan, in the history of those wrestlers. Um, you have Ishii versus Mak- Makabe, which I've seen that a million times. It's always awesome. It's going to be similar to, um, you know, Nagata versus uh, versus uh, Minoru Suzuki. Just yeah. two dudes beating the shit out of each other. Toru Yano. Versus Hiromu Takahashi. <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> I don't think they've wrestled each other, except for maybe tags here and there. I don't and, think they've it's awesome. And then we got Kanemaru versus Ishimori, two guys that like to cheat. So, I mean, you know, a couple of those stick out there, but uh, which one of those are you looking forward to the most? Oh, it's got to be Toriano versus Hiromi Takahashi. <laughs> uh, I'm going to love Makabe versus Ishii. I'm go- probably going to love Nagata versus Okada as well. But I want to see Toriano versus Hiromi Takahashi. I think it's going to be uh, super fun. I'm hoping that uh, it goes the way I want it to. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, that's going to be a comedic match, probably a little, one of the shortest matches on the card because Yano matches have a tendency to be uh, less than 10 minutes long. That's because, you know, doesn't matter when he pulls out the fair play, it's 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 over. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not because he's like Goldberg and he can't go. No, <laughs> so. it's because he punched you in the nuts within two minutes and rolled you up. Right. Uh, and I want to see that. Uh, I want to see that that chemistry. I want to see them have a go at each other because I haven't seen them in a singles. I don't know if you have. I haven't. So that's going to be quite exciting for me. I think I've seen also seen Marka Bay versus Ishii. That's going to be great too. Yeah. That's one of those ones. Those guys end up in the same block in the G1, you know, and so you see them once a year usually, and, and they feuded over the Never Belt, I think, as well. So, um, you know, those guys are uh, – that's going to be great. I, I, You know, again, another fantastic week of pro wrestling that we got to look to forward to uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, um, well, every, every time we have an episode, we're going to wrap this up with weekly match recommends. Maybe not weekly, just match recommends. Um, what is your match recommend of the episode, Luke? All right. So anyone wanting to do a bit of a, a deep dive or, like, before I give you my, my pick, I'm just going to say anyone who wants to get into New Japan, follow them on YouTube. Every week they will put up a free match. I think the match I'm going to mention is a free match on there, uh, which you can look up, hopefully, if I mention it. Even if it isn't, it's still worth looking up because it is my favorite New Japan pro wrestling match of all time. Yes, I'm starting my recommends with my favorite one, and it is the final of the 2019 Best of the Super Juniors. We've got Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. Uh, It is... Amazing. These two, they high fly, they suplex, they punch. Like, it's just like everything. It's the kitchen sink. It's everything you want. You think, I'm not going to tell you who wins. You can probably guess. Uh, But at the time, uh, you know, Shingo is. Oh, fuck it. I'll I'll spoil it. Shingo's undefeated in the best of Super Juice and never been pinned in singles competition in New Japan. That's the story. Osprey had a loss on his way to the best of Super Juniors in the tournament. I can't remember who it might have been, ELP, through cheating shenanigans, something like that. So that's the story. Can, Can a guy who... Like Will Ospreay, who who has had a blemish or two in his tournament run, defeat the undefeatable uh, Shingo Takagi, and to me that is not only my pick this week. It's it's my all time. It's my all time fave. So that was the first one that popped into my head. I've got a whole bunch of other ones ready to go for uh, next time. So uh, I won't just be cherry picking my top five or anything like that. But yeah, <laughs> definitely check out. Shingo Takagi, Will Ospreay, Best of Super Juniors Final 2019. What about yourself? Uh, first of all, that is a fantastic match. Um, you know, uh, Shingo, when he showed up in New Japan, the way that they booked him through that Super Juniors uh, uh, tournament and, and beyond a little bit um, has made him a threat 
and will make him a threat for his entire career in New Japan. It is just amazing uh, how an undefeated streak uh, can build a character if you if you don't just kill them, you know, and, and, uh, man, it's just, it's just that kind of booking at perfection. Um, so, so my recommendation would be the match that got me into new Japan. It's, it's a great, um, starting point for folks because at this point people are familiar with, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura from his time in, uh, you know, WWE that's been lackluster. Um, but it is what it is. It kind of a lot of that that's kind of what happens when you go there if you're a big star in Japan. Uh, but uh, he faced uh, Kota Ibushi for the end of, or the um, IC title at Wrestle Kingdom 9. Um, first of all, one of the greatest entrances in pro wrestling history uh, by uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. And you will hear his uh, Japanese music, uh, his Japanese intro music or, or theme, which I would argue is much better than his uh, American one, which is also very, very good. So... Um, you know, it's one of the greatest entrances ever, and you immediately understand the character of Shinsuke Nakamura as soon as you see him. The same thing with Ibushi. They almost kill each other, um, and it is just one of the greatest strong style matches you'll ever see. Uh, it's a great place to start with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling where you, you can watch that match and understand, okay, I, I don't get all this, but I get what this is about, and that's a good microcosm of what uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is about in general. And on to uh, on with uh, with Kota Ibushi, he has to be one of the has he has to have one of the most pretty boyish boyish looks you've ever seen. Sure. And you can kind of go, oh yeah, he's the the pretty face, good guy or whatever. He will fucking kill you. He is insane. He's brutal and. He is awesome. I've seen, obviously, more uh, Ibushi matches than I have Nakamura and New Japan matches. That's mostly because I started in 2017. So uh, I haven't seen this match, and you didn't spoil the winner. So uh, I'm going to make it my mission to rectify that this week. And I'll let you know what I think of it next week, if you like. Uh, Do yourself a favor. If you're going to watch that, there is... Uh, English commentary. Do not watch it with the English commentary. It's um, Jim Ross and and Matt oh, Stryker. Japan commentary is not good. It's terrible. It's him like I mean like there's this joke you know he's he like talks about how he had breakfast with Nakamura and he's a Michael Jackson devotee and it's like nobody gives a fuck JR shut up get out of my New Japan so um you know that was the first time that they kind of dabbled in in that kind of thing and it was a little bit of a mess but the wrestling's great so watch it with the Japanese commentary uh, and listen to that crowd. Listen to the difference between an American crowd and a Japanese crowd and, li- and note that when they're quiet, that's good. Yeah, that's the thing. When they're quiet, that's very good. Uh, you know, in so, American wrestling, when they're yeah. quiet, that's bad, right? No, it's very bad. So just to, before we uh, kind of wrap things up, one thing I think we've not fully addressed is the fact that there was zero crowd. There's no crowd made of young lions or other wrestlers. There's zero crowd. There's no chairs around the ring at all. There's nothing like that. And so when you start watching these New Japan shows without the crowds, you're thinking, oh, shit, how is this going to translate? Is this going to work? Yes, because everything you need is in the ring. 
And the Japanese commentary, sure, I don't speak a lick of Japanese. I'm pretty sure you don't either, Andrew. So I just was so happy that there it, it doesn't matter if you understand. They're so enthusiastic and, and the commentary is so loud and passionate and into it. The wrestlers uh, have switched their style up just a tiny bit like because they don't play up to the crowd as much because there is no crowd. So it's a bit more of a getting on with it kind of vibe. I... As all right, I always miss the crowd. I miss it here too. But out of all the major promotions that have put on fan, uh, fanless, fanless shows, I feel New Japan feels the most normal. I guess, in, 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 if, if for lack of a better a term, uh, it just felt like normal, good New Japan shows. It felt like coming home again, and they're going to gear up to having one third capacity, hopefully in July. Which uh, I'll be interested to see how that goes, and I hope it does pan out and does happen. But the way they handled the no crowd situation, absolutely fantastic, because the focus they focus on what they've always focused on in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that's the wrestling in the ring. So it didn't bother me. Uh, I, I got over it pretty much during the first match, which was just a couple of young lions, I guess. Uh, and then when the more established stars came out and did their thing, uh, any fears I had about them not having fans in the audience quickly evaporated. And I had a fucking blast, dude. I hope you did too. Of course. Yeah. And, and just one more kind of thing to hammer your point home <clears throat> Western wrestling, American style wrestling requires a crowd. Um, Japanese, uh, New Japan style wrestling, uh, the crowd is the salt and pepper, you know. So yeah. it, it's like eating a fucking amazing burger that maybe could use a little salt and pepper and that's it. You know and I mean? It, it, but that burger is still fucking great, you know, whereas in America – you know, would be the other way around. It'd be you, you'd be eating a handful of salt and pepper and you'd be like, where's my burger? You know, so um, it, it's a different thing altogether. And if you're missing that part of pro wrestling, if you're watching this, this American wrestling going, this isn't for me, this just, I don't like it. And, and, and again, we're not here to shit on anything, but, you know, try New Japan. I think you'll, I think you'll be very surprised at how different it is in, in, you know, how, how they don't need a crowd and, and how they're handling all this in spectacular fashion as we move on in the new Japan cup tournament. Yep. Best place to start with new Japan start at the tour at the start of a tournament, always the best place because you're going to see a lot of wrestlers and you're going to get to know them, uh, be it in uh, preview matches or, uh, important tournament matches too. So that's always my recommend. If you're wanting to, Maybe not watch a match or two, but just jump in whole hog. Start of a tournament is perfect. Now, uh, as fun as the Together Project Night was, uh, it's not essential. I guess you could just watch the two New Japan Cup nights. But as Andrew and I have uh, said a few times, if you don't watch those tag matches, you're going to miss out on some shit, uh, some storyline beats. Uh, and I think they're also important because if uh, you're returning to New Japan, the tag team uh, preview matches will also remind you of uh, feuds and uh, 
things like that that have been brewing and that are, you know, come back to the surface. So, you know, it's 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 a great time to start. You can't go wrong. You've got everything that makes New Japan great. Uh, the crowds would be nice, but as as you said, they're they're a bonus. Because I think with New Japan crowds, you're used to them being a bit quiet. Uh, you know, and they'll get into it. Don't don't you worry. And but they're quieter, so to not have them on a on a show. Uh, you guess, I guess you're kind of used to uh, a little bit of a quieter crowd anyway. That's true. You got real quiet when you said that. You, you yes. Know. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let folks know where they can interact with us. A big part of this show is we want to interact with folks. We want to you know, tweet with you during the shows. We want to do all that stuff. Luke, where can folks do all that? Yeah, so at least one of, if not both of us, will be around at New Japan shows. Uh Everyone listening can hate me because Japan's only, depending on the time of year, one hour or two hours behind Australia. So, well, uh, all you people in America are getting up at ungodly hours to watch New Japan. It's about 7 or 8 p.m. for me, so uh, ugh, I'm sorry about that. So I'm almost always up live tweeting about it. You can catch me at Grumpy2, the number 2, E-B, or... You can uh, catch me at the uh, well, our Twitter, isn't it? The uh, Never Open Pod at Never Open Pod, all one word, no underscores or any of that junk. And uh, Andrew, where can we find you, mate? Well, I, you know, I'll be tweeting along with the at Never Open Pod, of course. But uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on other stuff or find out what else I'm doing, that'll be at Drusifer Tweets on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we look forward to maybe talking to some folks. If you have questions for us, um, you know, you can email us at uh, Never Open Podcast or Never Open Pod. Tell me, Luke. I'm sorry. I don't remember. That's all right. I made this and I tested it yesterday. So it does work. We are at Never Open Pod at gmail.com should have known i should have known uh yeah so you know email us there and we can uh you know maybe we'll read your email uh you know on the uh on the show depending on how long we go on these shows but uh but yeah well, i don't know if you want to wrap this up luke this was a really uh, fun first episode and uh i can't wait to keep talking to you about all this stuff it's gonna be great oh dude i'm pumped for more new japan next week we got three shows coming more Almost all tournament matches, there's definitely going to be at least one preview match in each one as well, just to break things up, because uh, non-stop tournament matches can feel a bit uh, relentless and grueling, so uh, I do appreciate that, and uh, oh man, and then I'm pumped to do what episode two, so yay, yeah, this is very exciting, and just lastly, in Gato we trust. Yes, we do. That's it. Peace, King. All right.